Yeah, I don't know that it can get any lower, Parker Thune, but, uh, man, this is pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Any insight today? Any answers from Ted Roof or Jeff Levy? Or is everybody still bought in? Everybody's still bought in, Steely. They believe they're going to get this thing turned around. There's a whole bunch of company lines today. I don't even want to be here, Mike. I don't think anybody wants to be in this building after what we witnessed Saturday. You get a Longhorn smack. A lot of you guys uh, out there probably remember uh, Peyton Yeager was at Channel 4. Real nice young lady. Really good reporter. She's in Dallas now. And uh, just message. Just wanted to say hook them always. Talking smack about the Longhorns. University of Texas grad. They haven't been able to do that for a while, but Parker, you know, I don't know where to start right now. The first thing I want to say is I am not jumping ship on this staff. I still think this is a good staff. But, man, there is a disconnect. There is something. I realize this roster uh, is challenged in some ways, certainly depth-wise. Backup quarterback is a complete and total disaster. And I realize they went after Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy and Jackson Dart, wanted all those guys to compete for the job. Parker, they've got to they got to get down and dirty and get down there in the uh, in the muck and the scum with Muleshoe and uh, hit that portal pretty hard too. It looks like, right? Here's the thing: everybody wants to bag on Jeff Levy today, and the game plan. I I was tweeting about it in real time. The game plan Saturday especially when you rolled out of halftime and kept doing all the same crap that you've been doing for the first 30 minutes, it was atrocious. It was appalling. But much as we were hashing out last week on this show, Steely, you could put Aaron Rodgers, you could put Tom Brady, you could put Patrick Mahomes under center right now for Oklahoma, and they still wouldn't win football games because of how bad that defense is. And at this point, Steely, I'm comfortable saying we know what Brent Venable's first mistake as a head coach was. Upon a roof. Is that it? Is now, that what I, you're saying? I'm not saying hiring Ted Roof mm-hmm. was a mistake. What I am saying is handing the keys to the defense to Ted Roof was absolutely a mistake. Is Brent going to take the keys back? He better. Yeah. I mean, look, Ted Roof, well-traveled, coached at Duke. Uh, you know, uh, he was at Auburn when they won a national championship. He was the D.C. A lot of that was Cam Newton's doing, all, all obviously. But – uh, there's a communication issue. There's something going on that is not working. What about Brent saying his team could be tired? And I talked about maybe they dial it back just a little bit, but everybody wanted more physicality. Everybody wanted more tackling in practice. Do you think there is anything to that theory that maybe they need to dial it back a little bit? Uh, because, again, when you were preaching a, to- a tough culture and you're – looking for more accountability and all of that stuff, that message is really good when you're winning. When it's going like this, maybe it's distorted a little bit. Maybe the players are like, okay, yeah, we keep hearing this, but, man, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Or you've got to get players in there. You've got to get guys in there if they're not buying in at this point that, you know, they're, they're, they don't need to be part of it moving forward. You know, they may have to make some tough decisions on some of those guys who may – May not be, you know, rowing the boat. Well, that's P.J. Fleck. Or, you know, on the boat with Brent at this point. I don't know. I'll say a few things. One being, there are just a few players in this program, and I'm not going to name names, but there are a few players in this program that just need to graduate, that just need to get on out, just need to clear the floor. Because at a certain point, you have to acknowledge that X player, Y player, Z player is what he is, and he isn't going to get any better. And what he is isn't good enough at the University of Oklahoma. Secondly, I'm not holding Jeff Lebby accountable for the state of his quarterback room. Because, as you mentioned, do you think he wanted to live in a world where Davis Bevel was his QB2 heading into the year? No, 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 no. Like I said, they, they had three guys they were hoping to get one of those guys to come in and compete for the job with Dylan Gabriel. And guess what? Jackson Dart went to Ole Miss. Casey Thompson, Cheba Purdy both went to Lincoln. So, no. Uh, crazy. So, I, I don't know. There were zero scholarship quarterbacks enrolled at Oklahoma on January 3rd. Yeah, and you can talk about Tanner Mordecai leaving and Chandler Morris leaving and Austin Kendall leaving and who else left. Obviously, Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. 
there's a reason why we talked all offseason about the one thing that could unravel this team being an injury to Dylan Gabriel. It's because it didn't take a Rhodes Scholar to see that there was a tremendous gap in talent and ability between Dylan Gabriel and everyone else in that quarterback room, Steely. So at this point, with Dylan Gabriel on the shelf, look, I said it tongue-in-cheek, I think, last Wednesday or Thursday. Well, if Gabriel doesn't play, they might not score. I had no idea how right I was going to be, Steely. And look, everything needs to be reevaluated right now. I'm not saying people need to get fired. I think it's way too early to make that call. I think what Josh Pate said, the clip that you played Mm -hmm. earlier, holds a ton of merit. And (laughs) there there are plenty of people around this state and around this fan base that need to hear that clip over and over and over again until the reality of it sets in. Well, if because I'm Brent, I'm, I'm with you, though. I may take the keys right now and say, you know what, uh, Ted, you can consult and, uh, you know, help us up there. But uh, I will take the remote control from you again, okay? It's only going to be me changing the channel. And look, Brent made that decision, right? So that's on Brent, but maybe that's what you do. So I don't know. All right, uh, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Then uh, let's. What's the dude from the nine one eight saying? Admit you were wrong. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Is that negative nine one eight guy? Probably. Is that the uh, guy who needs all the attention? <clears throat> it all boils down to talent, says one listener. We have a serious lack of it, especially on defense. I, there's truth to that. But I don't know that I would 100% concur with that assessment because there are NFL football players on the defensive side of the ball. However, they're ravaged right now. They've gotten bitten by the injury bug. They had both starting safeties out. Woody Washington was playing safety out of necessity, which, by the way, is a damning indictment of Key Lawrence, the fact that they uprooted Woody Washington Mm -hmm. at cornerback and moved him to safety. Uh, But you're obviously very, very alarmingly thin at linebacker. But I, you can't sit here and tell me that Jalen Redmond isn't a really good football player, that Ethan Downs isn't a really good football player, that Danny Stutzman isn't a really good football player. There is talent on that defense. It's just that they've become so thin and so exposed at certain positions that, quite frankly, there are guys trotting out there with the starting 11 that shouldn't be trotting out there with the starting 11 at the University of Oklahoma at this point. Yeah, you're right, and, uh, you know, Ethan Downs has been hurt, I think, by the three-man front, and they continue to play that. They actually, again, they actually, again, I think played a little bit better than they did in Fort Worth. But, again, you only have so much air in that balloon, man. When your offense is going out there and you know they have no shots, no shot, and the only thing that's working, when it works good enough to get you in the red zone, you go away from it. So, yes, I understand that Jeff Levy didn't have a big chess piece, but some of the, the moves he made on that chessboard were very baffling. It's like, what? And you're still going to have Davis, level, Davis Bevel out there as, like, your threat if you're going to run the Wildcat. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Saturday was a disaster. Yes, it was. An unmitigated disaster in every sense of the word. Well, and you are looking at Quinn Ewers as a player, man. He didn't make every throw, but he looked pretty good coming back. Well, I know. That's the thing. He didn't come close to making every throw. No, but you can tell the arm talent's there, right? And you could be looking at, if you don't start getting your act together and and getting uh, some of this fixed, you know, a streak that Texas could be going on like Oklahoma did in the Cotton Bowl. Now, the good news is the portal can change things pretty quickly, and I believe they need to take advantage of the portal. And again, Parker, holding this 2023 class together, and so far it looks pretty good. So far it looks like they're doing that. You know, a lot of the recruits are saying still on board, still with BV. Yeah. They haven't had a decommit. They may not have one. But if you go three and nine or four and eight, you're probably going to have a couple. Before we hit a break here, uh, it's a great, great thought on the text line from Jim in Arlington. There's only one Oklahoma, and this ain't it. There you go. This is not Oklahoma football. (laughs) It's not. It's Oklahoma football does not lose games 49 to nothing, especially not at the hands of Texas. Good article by Barry Trammell today. The OU administration is now giving BV what Mule Shoe wanted. Yes, we've talked about that like three or four times. Uh, in the past, but yes, 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 that's correct. Um, that's, that's what a lot of people thought. And, uh, maybe it took, you know, 
him leaving for L.A. to get that done. But Brent also, I think, made some demands. Man, if we're going to the SEC, we got to have this. we got to have that. So, you know, would the, uh, would the administration, is maybe there's some fault there. I think probably not as much money was coming in due to COVID, too, at that time. So there's a lot of stuff that you can point to that probably should have been done a little bit differently. But that's long gone. Appreciate the text, though. All right, when we get back, more of your texts. They're rolling in quickly. We're trying to get to them as many times as you can text them. If we don't get to it, keep trying to send it. Be right back here on The Ref. All right, it's been a long three weeks for uh, Sooner fans, there is no doubt. And, again, I think after the Kansas State game, a lot of uh, Oklahoma fans are thinking, you know what, K-State, Purple Menace, they, they kind of know how to play against Oklahoma. They're confident against Oklahoma. It's a bad matchup. Adrian Martinez played the game of his life. But after the last two weeks, it's been like, oh, my, you know what. Not good. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, that is a championship organization. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games, great poker room. They have the best bars and dining. Coop Ale House Bar, the River Buffet uh, is tremendous. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, the Seasons Food Court, big-time promotions, concerts and shows. We have a Bedlam Beats and Bites show coming up Friday night, November 18th, Wade Bowen, and then the Eli Young Band. Tickets available right now at the box office or at riverwind.com. They're only 5 bucks a piece. If you want to go out, you haven't been out to Riverwind, you're going to play, make sure you get a wild card, participate in the new Member 7 promotion. New patrons who sign up for a wild card can earn up to $450 in 24 hours out at Riverwind Casino. Riverwind voted consistently the best casino experience in the metro area, and there's a reason why. Again, they are simply the best. All right, Parker, you want to get to, to some more text? Let us. This it. listener says they had zero chance to win the game with the offensive game plan they had. Tell me one instance that a team past the sixth grade has ever won a game running Wildcat the entire game. And uh, two things here. First off, was it a terrible game plan out of the gate? Not necessarily, because they, 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 they were moving the ball. Texas looked a little dazed and confused. And the, but, that texture is right. They couldn't do it the whole game, no, but they, they could, could still do it well, in certain situations. And the reason they couldn't do it all game is because they got behind, Steely. That You're and, not going to come from behind playing that type of offense. Right, exactly. For 60 and minutes. I was, you know, Parker, here's what was happening, though. They were moving the ball down the field, and then they tried to get too cute a couple times, and they got away. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're running the ball. You're going to let Davis Bevel throw it? No! And it didn't work. It was very dramatic, but very impressive. Thank you. Um, look, yes, they had zero chance to win the football game. With that game plan, especially after after it was twenty one to zero, you're like, okay, something has to change. I was screaming internally, obviously. I was internally screaming for them just to put Nick Evers on the football field and live with whatever happened. If you're Nick Evers right now, are you thinking? What are you thinking? Like, like thinking you're watching what, that think, what's going on out there, and are you thinking about man? Apparently, they don't like me too much right now, or believe in me too much. Jackson Arnold's coming in. Um, I don't know. He seems he's from a really good family. Seems to be a great kid. Remember what he's doing with his NIL stuff, basically giving it to charity. Um, you know. But man, now this and is, then you run him out there way too late. It's like really yeah, now you're gonna I put bet. him in. Now this is an excellent point and one I kind of want to riff off from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. This is a listener in the nine one eight that says, "Pretty obvious the coaching staff has zero confidence in Bevel since they designed an entire game plan to keep him from running the show. Best pass of the day was from the field goal holder to the kicker. That right there, Davis Bevel shouldn't touch the field the rest of the season, and that's just not that's not my opinion. That's not just my opinion talking." That's the opinion of the OU football coaching staff. 
because when your confidence in a guy is so low that you're going to split him out at wide receiver more often than you're going to let him take the snaps, that speaks to where you're at with your quarterback room and with Davis Bevel in particular. And furthermore, if you're going to commit to running the Wildcat, run the freaking Wildcat. Don't split Davis Bevel out at wide receiver because everybody in that entire venue knows he's not catching a pass, he's not blocking anybody, he's not participating in any any sort of gimmick play. He's literally just out there to take up space. Yeah. So you're playing 10 men against 11, in essence, because Bevel is nothing more than a decoy and a really bad decoy at that. Somebody uh, texted me uh, over the weekend, uh, Lebby is a decent OC, but let's face it, the offenses at Old Miss and UCF belong to Josh Heupel and Lane Kiffin. Overrated. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out, I guess, but it certainly didn't look good Saturday. But, again, when you don't have really any bullets in the gun, uh, which was what Oklahoma was facing Saturday, uh, you know, you don't have much of a chance. And uh, – you know, the Sooners had won with uh, a lot of offense back in the day, and you knew there was – I made two predictions Saturday, you know, on the pregame. 45-31 Texas if Gabriel played, 45-17 Texas if Bevel played. And I'm like, man, what an idiot I was. I gave them 17 points. Tyler from Kellyville says, I just need a bush light and a hug. <laughs> Don't we all? All right. We got another hour to go. This is Monday therapy, folks. So it's basically going to be pretty much all your texts. So keep them rolling in, Homo Sooner fans. It is the Ref Radio Network. What's up, everybody? Hour number two is brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal. Great selection. Cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles. They'll make a great deal with you, friendly uh, salespeople. And the service after the sale is unmatched with that great guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, it's kind of like a Monday morning, uh, Monday afternoon now, therapy session here on Steel Man and Thune. And uh, by the way, you never want anybody talking about your program like this. This was uh, our man Josh Pate last night on his show summing up Oklahoma and Texas. And you go. Slight flip. Right. One moment. Very good. One moment. We will re we will uh, regroup here. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Yep. If you didn't watch Texas Oklahoma yesterday, don't. I watched it, so you don't have to. Picture this. It's going to be weird. I just need you to go with me on it. Picture you and twenty one of your friends. Okay. Just picture you and twenty one of your friends. You want to do something a little different. So you guys go and you break into a morgue, and you go and you just yank a body bag off the shelf. And this is where it gets really interesting. You just start beating on the body bag. And one hour goes by, and you don't stop. Two hours go by, still beating. And about three or three hours, 15 minutes go into it. And then all of a sudden, you feel like, we've done enough here. Let's stop beating on the body bag. Let's just go get lunch. Then you guys leave. That is my summary of the Texas-Oklahoma game yesterday. Completely lifeless. That was Oklahoma. And Texas took great pleasure and pride in beating on the body bag for about three to three and a half hours. Hmm. Interesting. I like Josh a lot, but there, there's, a, there's some Dahmer vibes there going on. That's a little bit creepy, but you're trying to figure that analogy. What He's to say. not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the deal. But hey, there was some it's life very... in that body early on, right? There was, was some there? life a little bit. Yeah. Was there? I mean, yeah. I mean, look. 
three and out of the first series, right? Danny Stutzman, Danny Stutzman, Danny Stutzman. And then again, you've also got to, and look, Oklahoma wasn't winning that football game with the quarterback situation. wasn't going to happen. But again, Woody Washington, and I like him playing some safety, but interception is right there in your hands. Here's what I would liken it to. Hold on to it. Here's what I would liken it to. You've seen the movie The Princess Bride, right? Yes. So they take Wesley to the Miracle Max. And, you know, he's going into his whole spiel about how he's only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. <laughs> but once they get him on the table, instead of giving him the pill to revive him, they just throw him off the roof. That's what it was like. Hey, don't mention roof right now. All right, that word, we ain't saying it. Don't you say it again, Thune. All right. The White Buffalo curse, though, we now know. Are you going to trade in the White Buffalo or at least get a new paint job? I, I'm i having to resist the urge to just take a sledgehammer to it because I I spent a good deal of money on that car, so I don't want to completely shoot its value. I'm also just like, it would feel really, really good to just hit this car. The Drake Dykin curse is very powerful, and the the White Buffalo curse is even more powerful. That was Drake's first point of the I year in the know. Ref Royal Rumble. I know. was locking Texas. How about that? Um, you know what? Dylan Gabriel's going to play this weekend, right? It looks like he's going to play. Then Oklahoma, they couldn't win this football game this weekend, but you've got to play some defense. Uh, Jalen Daniels, shoulder injury. But you know what? Jason Bean nearly beat Oklahoma a year ago, right? And he played well. Actually, they were sputtering on offense against TCU in the first half. Jason Bean came in and played well. They they were one uh, throw and catch away from, uh, from you know, maybe winning that game. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, again, uh, Oklahoma is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. All right, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. If you're trying to send in a text, we haven't read it yet, you know, try and send it again because I'm telling you we're getting right now about every five minutes about 60 texts. People want to vent. They do. Which is completely understandable. I don't blame them, man. And whatever I you want say, to if, vent. You, if you don't think Brent's the answer right now, guess what? That's your prerogative. I'm I'm not jumping off ship yet because I still think this staff has a pretty darn good pedigree. But something's not working. And part of that is the roster. Part of that is the depth issue. Certainly backup quarterback has been the big issue the last six and a half quarters or so. But I don't think these coaches all of a sudden just turned into dunces overnight. I don't think that one bit. Let me ask you, if things don't change this weekend, do you think there must be a lamb sacrificed over the bye week? If if Kansas wins the game and uh, you know puts a lot of points on the board and what Oklahoma's given up, what is it, an average of like 47 points the last three weeks, 48 points a game, 311 rushing yards a game, 6.7 yards a rush, and 12 rushing, rushing touchdowns over the last three games. I mean, that's that makes Alex Grinch look like Buddy Ryan or something, you know? I Just speaking to people around the program over the last couple of days, I get the sense, Steely, that if things don't improve – substantially how do i say this lightly the roof will collapse the roof will collapse over the bye week you know um and if that happens you hate it but man there's been something going way wrong and look i i still think a lot of that you know i was just thinking about oh 405 202 at times, Saturday made me long for the days of Joe Dickinson. Bevel is not even Jake Sills. I remember the game you're talking about in Stillwater. Joe Dickinson, who got worn out, you know, as uh, the OC, and they they had a lot of issues back in the day. But Joe Dickinson put together a pretty pretty creative game plan. They ended up losing in Stillwater, but he ran a couple different uh, wild offenses. Jake Sills was the quarterback, and he threw out all the stops, man, all the stops. And I remember that game very well. And it, it seemed like, you know, Oklahoma, uh, to me, 
I don't want to say they weren't trying to win the football game, but I think they knew they had very little chance. And it felt like for a while it was just like, man, let's just get out of Dodge and, and yeah. take as, uh, as few bruises as we can. And I actually think Sark, it wasn't all gas, no brakes. They started <laughs> he, tapping the brakes. Yeah, he, he put on the brakes towards the end. Which Charles Wright was playing quarterback for Texas by the end of that game. And think about that. Like I said, it could have been worse in Fort Worth. It could have been worse in the Cotton Bowl over the weekend. Okay, Steely, so as we've established time and time again, you are really old. Yes. So you are quite qualified to answer this question. Is this the worst QB play you've seen in Sooner history? Um, I'm trying to – I remember uh, it was Terrence Brown, right, who played in the Copper Bowl when uh, he had to play. And, again, he was in a horrible situation. Terrence was a good guy. Um, I remember when a young Troy Aikman had to come in, the Sooners went to play the Kansas Jayhawks. Danny Bradley was out. Mac Brown was the offensive coordinator. Troy Aikman came in as a true freshman, and Oklahoma lost to Kansas. Troy Aikman's now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I would say yes. I can't remember any worse. Chris Melson came in from Ada. Yeah, somebody's reminding me there, but I can't remember. Chris one. Melson's kid is on the team now. And you know what? I, I hate to say that because I'm sure De- Davis Bell's a good kid, man, right? I uh, was excited to come to Oklahoma. You hate to say it about a college player, but the bottom line is you ask me, have I seen worse, more inept quarterback play? No, I haven't. Jeepers, OU gets shut out versus Texas. Kansas has a shot to beat us at home. And now my favorite radio show is talking about the Princess Bride. It's a sign of the end times. And that's the first time I've heard the word Jeepers in a while. I know, gosh. Yeah. That's that's your generation right there. Jeepers. If there are three realistic changes that you could make for this team, what are they? That comes from a listener in the 731. Yeah, what do you think? Tackle that one. You, you go first. Uh, go back to the four-man front. Ding, 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 number one. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I feel like everybody, every single human being that's watched this team over the last three weeks would start there. That has to be number one, and it's really not close. Uh, secondly, here's the thing. Wait. You need Dylan Gabriel healthy again, but that's not a change that you can tangibly and actively make. That's just one of those things that has to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So that aside, the quarterback situation aside, because it is bad beyond Dylan Gabriel, it is undeniably and unambiguously bad. Beyond that, I would say once you ditch the three-man front, go back to the four-man front, you have got to shuffle the deck in the secondary. You have got to get different guys' looks because whatever that recipe is right now, it's not working. You know who was one of the very few guys that really had a nice game on Saturday was C.J. Colden, the sixth-year senior transfer from Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Give that guy some more run. Give Robert Spears Jennings some more run. See what Gentry Williams has to offer. Hell, see what Jaden Rowe has to offer. Right now, this is as true in the secondary as any positional group across the roster right now there are just some guys as I said in the first hour that are what they are and they're not going to get any better you know and here's the other thing uh you know and part of it is a three-man front and even when they're trying to bring uh, guys you know uh on the blitz Kansas State picked it up TCU picked it up but Quinn Ewers had all day back there again. It was, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three, 14 Mississippi. Man, he did. I mean, it, it was they all got day. no pressure. I mean, they had two hurries, zero sacks. That's it. And the one time he was hurried was the Woody Washington play where Woody Washington couldn't hang on to the interception. Uh, the third thing I would do is offensively just do what works. Do what works. That's not exclusive to the offense sans Dylan Gabriel either. That's not just in reference to what happened this past Saturday. In general, do what works and don't outsmart yourself. Yeah. Don't I'm try to you. get too cute. You know who I feel bad for? Um, Marvin Mims. I mean, I think how many – what was he targeted one catch like three for, times? One catch for a loss of two yards. Is I mean, the, the quarterback, Bevel, you know, a bubble screen is thrown at his cleats. I mean, come on, man. And then uh, Braden Willis has played – unbelievable football you know who's becoming a star too Jalil Farouk man really good player those guys are playing their butt off 
And so there is some talent on this team. But, man, when you have a quarterback, can't, you can't get those guys the football. And like I said, Braden Willis has been just He's Superman. He's been unbelievable. To think and of, nobody's talking about it because this team sucks right now, yeah. which is unfortunate. It has been one of the uh, – for him to go in and do what he did in the Wildcat. And we talked about, you know, last week, well, Braden Willis played some quarterback in high school a little bit, you know, here and there. But um, he's been fantastic. Uh, this listener says, Parker, you talk about the standard at OU so much. Explain what the standard at OU is. Well, let me tell you what the standard is not. The standard is not losing 49 to nothing at Texas. The standard is not giving up 500 yards of total offense to the opposition three consecutive weeks. The standard is not losing back-to-back conference games by 30-plus points. Yeah, they're setting you know all kinds of the worst records. Uh, which is bad. I mean, because, look, John Blake's era was the bottom of the barrel. Schnelli's era was was pretty bad, too. But this has been – I'm just flabbergasted, absolutely flabbergasted. Can you get one more text at the top right before we go – pardon me, go to break? Uh, Steely, listen closely. The reason we stink, Sooner Dairy Lunch closed. Open it back up, and we start winning again easy. I'm all for it. I am all for it. Okay. You know, what's crazy is like, well, first-year coach, give him time. And I agree. Look, Brent's going to get time. And I still think I still think he's the right man for the job. They've got to change things up. I believe in Brent Venables and this staff, almost all the staff. But Sonny Dykes is winning. Joey McGuire's winning. They had a third-team quarterback throw for 360 yards on Oklahoma State. And freaking Muleshoe, of course, is winning. But, again, he – I don't. I talked to my mom yesterday. Plus, I watched USC and I was hoping they'd smash that Williams, but they didn't. That's my. That's not really how my mom sounds, but she wanted Washington State to smash Caleb Williams, but they didn't. And SC at Utah this weekend. Better hope for the L, or you might be seeing Muleshoe in the playoffs. No. All right, coming right back here on The Ref. Under the bridge downtown, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, the Sooners got their teeth knocked out in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. If you get your teeth knocked out, well, I have a dentist for you. Yes, my dentist, Dr. Tim Brooks, right there on North May and Edmond. See that transition right there? That's big Very time nice. right there. Very Thank nice. You. That's why you're a professional. Yes, That's I, why they pay you the saw big the bucks. smile on my face. That popped into my head. But uh, he does a great job with me. Like I said, we were going to the Bahamas this summer for a trip. And the day before, like that tooth, you know, you take a drink or something and it's cold. And it's like, oh, my, that's ridiculous. No. Got in touch with my uh, dentist, Dr. Tim Brooks, and he got it taken care of within 30 minutes. And that was on his day off. And that's unbelievable. They're on North May and Edmond, 405-369-5212, timjbrooksdds.com. Dr. Tim Brooks, they've got a real friendly professional staff up there. The office is spectacular. Everything is state-of-the-art. And uh, like I said, Shay asked me, why are you still going to the dentist all the way up in Edmond? I'm like, because Dr. Brooks and the people up there are awesome. So I'm going to continue to go there, and that's what I've been doing. So uh, timjbrooksdds.com or to book an appointment if you're looking for a new dentist, uh, 405-369-5212. Okay. Are you saying there is a potential TED Talk coming? Uh, well, we had a TED Talk today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say TED Talk, are you talking about TED getting the talk or TED giving the talk? Getting the talk. Oh. I mean, look, at a certain point, the powers that be are going to want a blood sacrifice. And I can tell you right now who's going to be first on the chopping block if it comes to that. It's really not a mystery. 
Everybody kind of understands. And (laughs) the comparison I made a while back was, is Ted Roof James Gallagher? Does he have a shelf life of one year? Is he the designated fall guy if this all goes to crap? Well, guess what? It has. And if there needs to be a fall guy, I can tell you who's not taking the fall. They're not firing Brent Venables. They're not firing Jeff Levy. So, who does that leave? Well, you made a point. The bye week is coming. Man, this could be the greatest bye week of all time, right? I hate bye weeks. But particularly if you lose to Kansas, uh, you need like a bye month. But I don't think that's possible. Uh, Gunny of Stutzman Armor. Come on, guys. TED Talks come from layman, fellas. Uh, I can't figure out why OU is favored against KU. I I honestly can't either. Vegas tends to know, though, right? Vegas does know. Maybe Vegas is Dylan Gabriel to, coming back. They're is, trying to get people to lay money on yeah, OU, maybe. They are, that, that's part of it. It almost looks too easy. You guys notice that BB kind of looks emotionless on the sidelines the last three games. It's kind of like he's been, like, shell-shocked. Like, I don't know. Man, like I said, if – there is no way. I thought the baseline, the bottom line for this team was going to be 8-4. and four. I thought that was the floor. I mean, right now, if you somehow go 8-4, and four, that's an amazing turnaround. I mean, I just never thought it would be like this. And, again, where you see an Oklahoma team that goes to Fort Worth against a pretty good TCU team, and Sonny Dykes has done a nice job. And they have some athletes. But, again, it's not – it's not a national championship team, and you are basically blown out of the stadium by TCU. And then you go to the Cotton Bowl, and literally it looks like you're an NAI team playing against Texas in some respects. And I understand Gabriel didn't play, but your, your backup quarterback situation at Oklahoma should never be that bad. And they tried. You know, they tried to yeah, get those and, other guys and, in. And again, again, that's not on Levy. No, and if you're gonna, if it's you're on gonna, Mule Shoe to an extent. It is. It's all on Mule Shoe. I let me. It's all on him. Let me make sure. The I'll state of the down. quarterback room. Yes, that's much more on Mule Shoe than it is on Levy. Because, look, Levy had to throw things together, and once he got Dylan Gabriel, that's great. You got you a starter. But one of the things that we have continued to talk about over and over, and the conversation Steely has never been more pertinent than it is right now today. It is very difficult to convince an experienced FBS quarterback yeah, yeah. to transfer to an institution where he is going to be the backup. And everybody on the text line was like, well, Levy played his hand too early because he named Dylan Gabriel maybe, a starter in January. Maybe Listen, he did, though, I, right? Okay, okay, sure. But I guarantee you, regardless of when he names that starter, every single quarterback that's evaluating OU as a potential portal option – understands what's going to happen. They understand that the starter is going to be the guy that has familiarity with Levy, yeah. the guy that Levy yeah, handpicked. Yeah, if they read through the lines, yeah, that's, that is probably correct. Some of this junk is on Josie. Just admit it. I'm trying to, like, ela- elaborate, please? Maybe. I don't – there's probably something before that because everybody writes a, a war and peace text. A lot of people do anyway. But <laughs> This listener said the floor is the roof. <laughs> Um, maybe he's talking about, you know, one of the theories out there was that Lincoln was wanting some of this stuff when he was at Oklahoma, didn't get it, uh, or at least it was there was some pushback on that, and that's maybe part of it. I don't know. Here's another theory, Parker, and I want to know if you've heard this. You, you probably, you know, you've got more sources than I do, but I still have some, but you've got a bunch because you're down there reporting all the time. Um, one of the theories is part of the locker room – uh, the the entire locker room is not lost, but there are some players there that aren't real happy that Kale Gundy is gone, and maybe since it's gone bad, that has resurfaced to a certain extent. And I'm hearing especially some of those players thought it was too extreme for Brent to put out the second tweet, which basically said, Kale you know, no, Kale did this, did that. And they thought that was too extreme for a guy who had been at OU so long. Well, and look, that's all fine and well. I, th- that may be the case. I'm not going to sit here and dispute that. What I will say is that 
Kale Gundy's firing is not the reason this team is 3-3 no, off no. two consecutive 30-point yeah. losses. I didn't like the second tweet either, to be honest with you. But yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. Said, like I said, Kale Gundy shouldn't have picked up that grenade. And it's very sad because I, I don't think he's a racist, and I think he's been a great, great, great Sooner. But if you see a grenade and you're like, okay, should I pick this up? Yeah, let's go ahead and pick it up. No. Uh, particularly in this day and age, shouldn't should have never happened again, you know, uh, in uh, in the past. But we know it did. But it it was a bad move on his part, and it was very costly, and it sucks. But well, yeah, I don't think there's some big fractured locker room just because of that incident. I I just can't see that. This listener says the fact that Roof could be fired. And there would be little to no effect on the upcoming recruiting class is another indictment on him. Bring in someone else at that position that is competent might actually help you retain those recruits. Hmm. Okay, so are, are you worried about retaining recruits or not? Because on the one hand, listener, you just said, well, it wouldn't have any effect on the recruiting class if Roof was fired. But what exactly... Like what, what, At that point, why exactly do you need to bring in a guy to help you retain those recruits if they're not going anywhere anyway? Uh, just it's, it's not mathing. The math is not mathing. Maybe he's trying to say at this point he hasn't been responsible for you know, the class that much and um, that if you keep him on staff, some of the potential recruits that they could get maybe look at it and say, man, their defense is going to be the same as long as he's there. Talking about roof. I don't know. Maybe that's what he's trying to say. Uh, We've had one texter trying to get this one in for a while, okay. so let's get to it. Uh, Levy says he doesn't believe in the gamer QB, which is crazy. Also, why in God's name are Levy and Roof not on the sideline coaching these players? They need to be down there to coach and correct on the spot. That comes from Steve and Edmund. Well, may, most OCs are up in the press box, right? And most defensive coordinators. Some, you know, Brent was on the sidelines at Clemson. But, you know, Ted Roof is the eye in the sky. We know this is Brent's defense, but Roof is trying to get the play calls in and everything. Um, and th- that's my thing. This needs to be Brent's defense. Yeah, I agree. At this point, I mean, you it are, is Brent's defense, but well, he needs to be the, the CEO again of the defense. Correct. You are the best defensive coach in America – there's no reason why you should be delegating play-calling responsibilities to someone else if you don't absolutely have to. And I don't think Brent absolutely has to. I also think, guess what? We have had several texters talk about his uh, perceptible lack of emotion on the sidelines. You know what I feel like would get Brent a lot more involved in the game is if he were actually calling the plays on defense. Well, yeah. How many times did we see the sideline cutaways of Clemson and big games where Brent is very engaged? Very engaged. Can we please remember that Mule Shoe gutted the program and there weren't good options in the portal? Be patient. Yeah, exactly. Listen, listen. You're exactly right. That's why I've said I'm reserving judgment on Jeff Levy in particular because Mm -hmm. the state of the quarterback room is not an indictment on him. Bates becomes the D.C. if Roof isn't back. Uh, Yeah. That could be part. That could be part of the deal. Look, here's the deal. I agree with that text. Look, there there was a lot of you talk about who they lost again. Obviously, Caleb Williams, who's uh, going to be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. He'll certainly, I would think, at least be there among the finalists. And you talk about uh, losing Spencer Rattler. You talk about Kennedy Brooks and Jaden Hazelwood. Some of the guys they lost on offense and Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas, Perrion Winfrey. Uh, DTY, Brian Osamoa, even Patrick Field. Think about all the guys they lost. But you just haven't been competitive. If it was 3-3 three and three and you'd lost to TCU, kind of like you lost to Kansas State where you legit had a shot to win the game, just didn't make enough plays, or the same in the Texas game, Sooner fans be disappointed. But they are freaking out because they have gotten their asses kicked about as hard as it can be kicked in the last two weeks. And you just rarely see that, you know, happen to an Oklahoma football team. So, all right, we'll see if they can get it done against Kansas. Uh, seven point, seven and a half point favorite now up to for the Sooners Saturday morning rooster kickoff, 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Coming right back here on the home of Sooner fans.
We are back, and hour number two is brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 right there in Paul's Valley. Great selection. You're looking for a new car, truck, SUV, pre-owned vehicle. They've got a great selection for you. Professional salespeople. Great guarantee after the sale as well. It's the unbeatable guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here on a, a Manic Monday. It is another Manic Monday. Three straight. Now, Texas buries Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl 49 to nothing. All right. Recruiting. I get questions. Man, Colton Vosick has got to be decommitting soon. Now, you have said, number one, Colton Vosick wants to get out of Austin, correct? Yes. How solid do you feel like he is right now for Oklahoma? I didn't see him retweet anything. I, I saw, you know, a lot a lot of the recruits do that, but nothing uh, out of Colton Vosick. I mean, look, you got to be you got to be honest and evaluate the situation and say, look, Colton Vosick just watched his hometown team thrash the team that he's committed to, forty nine to nothing. You should be a little bit worried. Yeah. Everybody and, should be a little bit worried about that one. And for, for those of you who aren't familiar, Colton Vosick, most of you are. Austin Westlake, defensive end, one of the top recruits in the country, and a four-star signing or four-star commitment for Oklahoma. And he's a Longhorn legacy. His dad played at Texas. Now, again, the talk is he wants to get out of Austin. And there was also some talk, Parker, that maybe the relationship with the Longhorn staff uh, was not that good for a while. But who knows? What could happen there? What do you think about the rest of the recruiting class? So far, we haven't seen any decommits. But, look, you no, keep you losing haven't. like this, it's going to happen yeah. eventually. Yeah, you can't you can't keep losing like that if you want to keep a class together. Anthony Evans posted an offer from Oregon yesterday. That's not ideal, especially oh, because – I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. and, ge- you know, generally when you're committed, you don't post other offers. That's not something that happens. And you know those kids, everybody there high school, man, you going to OU? Are you kidding me? Have you seen what's going on? You know, exactly. OU, it doesn't look very good. Exactly. Now, again, I'm not going to sit here and say that it all falls apart for Oklahoma because one of the things that I will continue to emphasize is that I think most, if not all, of the players that are committed to the University of Oklahoma right now are committed for the right reasons, and if you're committed for the right reasons, you're not going to jump ship when things get dire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on, on the flip side, and this is another thing we've talked about a lot in recent weeks, when a fan tries to put themselves in a recruit's shoes, what's their first thought? Oh, why would I, why would I play for this terrible program? But in all reality – Many recruits will look at a situation like this one through the lens of opportunity. And I was out at Melissa High School on Thursday night. Well, not at Melissa, but I was out watching Melissa High School on Thursday night. Melissa is, of course, uh, where four-star defensive lineman Nigel Smith plays. Guys in OU lean, has been for quite a while. And I, I asked him straight up. I asked him, look, does this change – your opinion of Oklahoma at all, the fact that they're all of a sudden struggling mightily. And he said, no. And the message from the coaching staff has been very consistent. It's been, this is why we need you here. We need guys like you to help change the culture. And Nigel acknowledged, look, Venables wasn't going to fix everything in year one. And that wasn't a realistic expectation that people should have had. And I know that if I go to Oklahoma – I'm going to be able to help turn things around, and they've got coaches on that staff who are capable of turning things around, and the long-term direction of that program won't be affected by what's going on right now in 2022. And listen, it's okay for there to be a middle ground and to acknowledge that there is a middle ground. On the one hand, the results on the field the last three weeks have been unacceptable. It's also still okay to believe that this program is headed in the right direction and has the right leadership. Yeah, I still believe in Brent. I like this coaching staff. Uh, one, I'm not quite so sure of, but I, as a as a whole, I like this coaching staff. Um, but man, it, like it, this has been historically bad. Like I said, I thought the the floor for this team was like eight and four. The floor, 
And they will be, I mean, you've got about a 5% chance of going 8-4 and four right now, the way they're playing. Uh, and, again, the main thing is just trying to get to six wins, you know, get bowl eligible, save that recruiting class as much as you can. Maybe you can save the whole thing. But then you hit the portal, man. What about uh, Jackson Arnold? Would you say that Jackson Arnold? Because he's not the, going anywhere. So George is not going to come in last minute or somebody because he's from Georgia, right? Grew up a Georgia fan, actually. That's correct. He's not going to Georgia. He's not going anywhere. Okay, kids a sooner. Wait a minute now. You told me David Hicks was a sooner too. Now that my uncle's still upset with you. You've also got the White Buffalo curse hanging over your head now. That's true. They're losing everybody, folks. Okay, I'm Jackson sorry. Arnold. I'll, I'll, I'll I would the, be shocked. I'll wear too. the L on this one. Well, if you're Jackson the Arnold, white. too, you're thinking, man, I can go be the quarterback next year. I should be yeah, the quarterback no next year. Joke, man. If you're Jackson Arnold and you watched that football game mm-hmm. on Saturday, there is one prevailing thought in your mind: is that my goodness, that program needs me. Well, not only that, even with even with Dylan Gabriel, uh, you know, because you know Dylan Gabriel clearly is their best option, and there's a Grand Canyon-sized hole between. Uh, Dylan Gabriel and the rest of the quarterback room in there. It's clear. And Dylan Gabriel has been one of the most inaccurate OU quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. So Jackson Arnold could come in. And is Jackson Arnold going to be one of those guys who comes in early? Yes. So okay. he's coming in in so January. There, yep. There's your starting QB next year then. If he's, you know. I, I, I don't want to 100% put that on Jackson Arnold's shoulders yet. And I don't think that's the expectation that people should have. Mm-hmm. If that is what's what ends up happening, great. But he could he could compete, right? He absolutely could. But if Dylan Gabriel's back, he probably has the upper hand to start. And if Dylan Gabriel, for whatever reason, isn't back, I do think Oklahoma would move to bring in a transfer. Yeah, somebody that yeah. started. Before. Well, and again, it's all about quarterback depth because the rest of the room is bad. Yeah, it's bad. No doubt. All right. uh, Let's take a quick break right here. We'll get back to the text line, get as many as we can when we get back. Thank you for uh, keeping that text text line rolling, rolling, rolling. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. And the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, and you here in the home of Sooner fans. And, yes, everybody hurts. We are back. All right, welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. It's a Manic Monday. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, sponsoring our second hour. Locked in, coming up with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas on the way. Trey, my man Trey Dissident on Twitter, he, he tweeted at us, it's over. OU is dead as a program going 3-9, and nine, recruits decommitting. The portal will be strong. Marvin Mims is gone. Says Trey. Come on, Trey. Come on, Trey. It's bad, but it's not that bad. I mean, Marvin Mims could be gone, but the portal could be, yes. Some of these guys may need to be portaled right out of here anyway. You know what I'm saying? We need to get dissident. Trust the process. That's right. We need to get dissident by uh, Pearl Jam. We'll play that in honor of uh, Trey Dissident's um, tweet to us there. That's a little extreme even right now, Trey. I'm just saying. I mean, that's a lot extreme. Okay, we need to we need to discuss this again, I guess. We all need to get on the same page in this capacity because we're still fielding questions about it, so apparently it hasn't gotten through to some people. Another listener has said, Levy rolled all his marbles on DG. What about what about a backup quarterback as good as DG in case DG goes down? Go figure. It's not that easy. Jeff Levy tried. This Oklahoma staff tried. They tried to get Casey Thompson. They tried to get Chubba Purdy. Jackson Dart. They tried to get Jackson Dart. They tried to get Gary Bohannon. 
You know what it's really hard to do in the uh, me yeah, first you're right. era Gary of college Bohannon, football? That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know what it's really hard to do in the me first era of college football in 2022? It's really hard to convince anybody with any experience to come to your program and be a backup. And again, whoever he brought in was going to be the backup. And they would have seen the writing on the wall regardless of when Jeff Levy announced his starter. That's because kids these days, they want to be handed everything. You know what I'm saying? And they won't even work. They sit around and play freaking Fortnite and all that call of booty duty or whatever it is. They don't want to do nothing. This listener says, you said everyone in the QB room is horrible, so all the hype around Nick Evers was just that. No, I did not say everyone in the QB room was horrible. I said the QB room behind Dylan Gabriel right now, the situation is bad. And it is. And guess what? Nick Evers is not Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. that's fair to acknowledge in general the amount of quarterbacks across the country who can come in and have an immediate impact right off the bat in a collegiate offense at the controls are very very limited it is okay to believe and I do that Nick Evers is going to end up being a successful college quarterback while also acknowledging that he is not a guy that gives the Sooners an opportunity to win a ton of football games in 2022. There's one guy on the roster that does, and it's Dylan Gabriel. How is Muleshoe undefeated and potentially going to the playoff in his first year? Well, let's see. Number one, he brought in a really, really, really good quarterback taken from Oklahoma. He brought... Mario Williams in from Oklahoma, who underachieved at OU early in his career, but his, you know, had a touchdown against Washington State the other night. He also got the Bolitnikoff winner from Pitts and Travis Dye, who's having a really good year for USC. And somehow, someway, Alex Grinch has discovered a way to create turnovers, that, uh, wow. which is just amazing. But, and look, they haven't beaten any – they could have very easily lost to uh, Oregon State. Caleb made a throw to Jordan Addison, Bolitnikoff winner – a year ago, uh, that saved the day. And Washington State, again, moved uh, the football. Uh, but again, USC made the plays, end up winning the game. We'll see what happens. Look, they've done they've done well. Muleshoe is the king of, you know, finding, uh, you know, other people's players and using other people's players and turning them into his own players. And He's a, he's a pretty good offensive mind, there's no doubt. This listener has apparently forgotten what happened up in Lincoln three weeks ago because he said, this shows that Lebby can't evaluate talent. Thompson was better than Gabriel. I can promise you, I can promise you beyond a shadow of a doubt that there probably isn't a rational Nebraska fan anywhere on earth who wouldn't trade Casey Thompson for Dylan Gabriel the way that those two have played thus far this year. Well, and I think part of that also is the familiarity that they had, obviously, at UCF was a big part of getting a guy who already knows your offense through the portal. Um, but we'll see. By the way, we'll see what happens um, in uh, in Salt Lake with uh, USC playing at Utah this weekend, and uh, that game is going to be on Fox at 7 o'clock in primetime. John Arnold said they did not even try to put General Booty out there. That's sad considering he was the leading passer in the junior college ranks last year. That is because, and another listener asked the question, did Booty really have an allergic reaction that kept him out of the game? Yes. Yes, that happened. General Booty was unavailable Saturday because he had had some sort of allergic reaction that was causing him vision issues. What? Yes. So was that announced today, like at the presser, or was that Saturday? That was not announced at the presser. That is something that uh, Brandon Drum and I picked up on talking to people around the program. And then Jeff Levy was asked about it today, and he he kind of skirted around the question, but what he did say was, yeah, General had something going on pregame that affected his availability. What? Good Lord. So it's like, okay, what else can go wrong at this point? It's it's crazy. All right, Riverwind Casino in Norman is voted the metro area's best casino year after year after year after year, and there's a reason why. Well, because they truly are simply the best. Over 2,800 electronic games, all of your favorite table games. They've got an incredible poker room, best bars and dining, Coop Ale House Bar, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, the River Buffet, a great food court. 
best promotions, the new member seven. If you're new to Riverwind, go get a wild card. You can earn up to $450 with your new wild card in 24 hours. Best concerts and shows. We've got a Bedlam Beats and Bites show happening Friday night, November 18th. That'll be fun. Wade Bowen and the Eli Young Band on the Beats and Bites stage. Tickets are only 5 bucks at the box office and at Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, you guys, thanks for all your texts today. If we didn't get to some, then Parker and Tyler will during Locked In, I'm sure. Keep them rolling in. Everybody have a great Monday. The world is not ending yet, but it appears the end is near. We'll see you.